Roll humps to all my fighting camels worldwide. I'm your quarterback, Hodge Malik Williams, and you're listening to the Orange and Black Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Orange and Black Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the King and Camel Grill, located at 174 North McKinley Street in downtown Coach, right up the road from campus. You can come on over to the King and Camel Grill to enjoy their award-winning wings and burgers before or after any Campbell home game. Campbell is coming off a huge win on the road to open up their road slate this season in football. Campbell was able to knock the Citadel off by a big margin. The offense was rolling. The defense looked good, allowing just seven points. Dylan, how are you doing today? What did you see from the Camels and their trip down to Charleston, South Carolina? Uh, doing good. Um, one and one. Uh, I think biggest thing, and and they, I was listening to the Camel Call uh, podcast with Chris Haymire. Go uh, subscribe and take a listen. Uh, so they had uh, Coach Benner on there and said, uh, the defense shine better and you could definitely see it. Um, I mean, even though it's the Citadel, I think it's a good, um, good confidence morale booster after playing a tough game against William and Mary and things not going their way. Um, so I think it was good defensive wise to, uh, see them stop the, uh, option, uh, run of Citadel and, um, and just kind of, uh, impose their will uh, on the Citadel and Charleston. So uh, I think it was a wrap from, from the time we stepped on the field to uh, until the whistle blew at the end of the force. So it's good to see them. Good confidence booster. Um, and it's a, a, a good win for uh, win for the camels. It was a huge project, a huge Step in the right direction from week one to week two for the Camels. They say a lot of times in football, the biggest growth you see is from week one to week two. We definitely saw that on both sides of the ball for the Camels. The offense came out early and often they scored the first 21 points of the game on their first three drives. Dylan, eight out of the 10 drives throughout the entire game, the offense scored. That's pretty awesome uh, when you get that kind of production on the offensive side of the ball and then Whenever you're able to balance that out and you get the defense to step up, really they could have shut out the Citadel, but one blown play allowed the Citadel to get on the scoreboard, but it was already out of hand by that point. But a great phase in all sides of the ball. Special teams, you know, you don't make any mistakes. That's where you can lose some games. So it's great to see all three phases working for the Camels. Let's talk about that offense. So you come out, you score 21 straight points to open the game. Hajmalik Williams might have been the best that we've seen in a while. That led this offense to now rank nationally. They rank fifth nationally in team pass efficiency and just a lot of other statistical categories that we'll get into late, later. But, Dylan, what did you see from the offense, especially right out of the get-go down in Charleston? Yeah, I uh, I saw the uh, CEA co-player of the week, Hodge Williams, uh, do just – pretty much vintage uh Hodge Malik. Uh it was just uh balling out if it was uh passing the ball to a number of wide receivers or taking it upon himself uh like he did in the first and second quarter, two rushing touchdowns by himself, one from ten yards out, one for three yards out. 
but started the game right off the bat. Uh, VJ Wilkins, uh, who VJ uh, himself, the uh, CAA freshman of the week, um, a 14 yard pass uh, to to VJ um, from Hodge Malik, and then Hodge Malik taking it himself um, on the next drive, and then McDowell taking it himself on the next drive. 21 to nothing by that point, like you said, it was kind of out of hand. Um, and then the Citadel getting that, uh, lucky 75 yard bomb strike, um, from Fletcher to Trotter, um, to put a score on the board. Um, but it was good to see Hodge, Hodge just kind of do it with his feet also in the air. Um, that gives you trouble. Like, uh, coach Miller said on the, on the podcast, like it, is a menace for the defensive side to guess what Hodge Malik is. And um, Hodge Malik is a pocket passer um, true through and through, but like you saw in this game, like he, he could do it on his feet as well. And that's going to be a problem for the rest of the CAA to figure out like what Hodge Malik is going to do. Um, and he's got a great supporting cast of uh, different running backs, uh, McDowell, McKay, Gooden, uh, Rogers. So I, I, when we saw all four of them, um, get some decent yards in this game. So I, I think the running attack, um, uh, fit well with the passing attack of Hodge Malik. And that's why he was a CAA co-player of the week. Yeah. Hodge on the offensive side of the ball, coach Minner was asked in his weekly press conference on Monday about Hodge Malik's performance and how great a performance it was. But he reminded everyone that, Hodge did it last week, too, against William and Mary. You just don't get to highlight it as much when you are, you know, get the loss and you're facing one of the top defenses in the nation. But like Coach Minner mentioned, he was able to do it two weeks in a row. And in this game, he went 25 for 32 for 353 yards with three touchdowns through the air. He also ran the ball eight times for 45 yards and two touchdowns, like he mentioned on. And he was able to garner CAA co-offensive player of the week. So just some great numbers there from Hodge Malik. I touched on the national rankings earlier. Campbell ranks fifth nationally in team pass efficiency, 14th nationally in total offense, eighth nationally in passing offense, and sixth nationally in scoring offense. That's obviously only over a two-game sample size, but whenever you face off against one of the top defenses and one of the top linebackers in the country in week one, and then you're able to replicate that and even grow on that in week two, that's awesome. We'll see what the Camels can do this weekend as the Camels head to New Jersey to take on Monmouth, get back in the swing of things with CAA play, and face an old Big South foe. Dylan, what did you see on the defensive side of the ball? And, you know, only giving up seven points, you give up the long ball that shouldn't even happen, but... You know, can you carry that momentum into this week and really get going in CAA play and see where you stand defensively? Yeah, I I just want to touch on one point that stat I saw. Hodge Malik is 81% passing in two games, which is crazy to think about in terms of uh, just passing like that. That's what you want out of a QB um, to be efficient and it shows amongst the whole team. And he's uh, got on to the, throw an interception as well, which is, yeah, which is awesome. It, and what you want from your quarterback and something that we're going to have to keep an eye on this week against uh, Monmouth. Cause they, they ranked fifth nationally, I believe in turnover margin. So something that, you know, if your quarterback can hold on to the ball, it makes a huge difference. Go ahead. Oh yeah, no, definitely. That's a good to 
to see your quarterback is not giving giving up the ball and then once you clean up all the other turnovers uh i mean i think we would we would have won the william mary game if we cleaned up turnovers we didn't have many turnovers here in this game and it tell like we we blew out the citadel so um clean up turnovers and we can make these games very interesting um but yeah on the defensive side uh sat that came up the the most and you saw probably a lot of guys towards the end of the game get into the game but 24 guys uh, on the defensive side recorded at least one tackle and that's good to see um that shows that um everybody was around the ball um and making tackles um even if second third string whoever got in were around the ball making tackles uh marquez casey um was the leading tackle guy with five tackles and cornelius davis had a ta- uh, tackle for loss so uh good to see that many guys were able to get a tackle be around the ball they were um like coach miller said um the difference from week one to week two they were ball hawks um they are around the ball and making making sure all these plays were not five, six, seven, ten yard gains like William Mary was having, but one to two yard gains setting up that third and long or that second and long scenario where you had to see the Citadel drop back to pass. And um Fletcher was good in the passing wise but that's not his strong suit his strong suit is is running the ball um so put him in uncomfortable situations where they had to go deep in that uh playbook for those uh passing passing um passing plays and um and that's what you wanted uh from your from your camel defense yeah dylan especially on both sides of the ball, there's still a lot of room for growth, but the sky is the limit. If this offense can continue to play the way that they have been playing. And if Hodge Malik Williams can keep it going behind center. And especially as we look at that defense, you got, you see in that growth a little bit. And as this team plays together a little bit more, we talked about it before the William and Mary game and fall in that game that Campbell had nine out of 11 starters are new faces on that defense. So if you can continue to met, to mesh them and gel together, and then you have that offense paired along with it, it could be dangerous as we move forward and get really rolling into CAA play. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts on that Citadel game? Is it something that you can take too much from? It's hard to tell how great Citadel is, but definitely, as you mentioned in the opener, a great uh, momentum game, a way to build some confidence and really kind of get the gears rolling in the right direction as we open up CAA play or on the road at Monmouth uh, this weekend. Yeah, I think it, you, what you could take away is that it was on offensive side, both sides of the ball rushing and passing uh, 260 yards on the ground. That's 6.5 yards per rush. Uh, that's that's good to see. That's what William Harry had against Campbell, and Campbell was able to reflect that on the Citadel. And then 350 yards passing from Hodge Malik. That's always good to see as well. Um, five total touchdowns from him. Uh, that's got to be somewhere up in the FCC rankings in terms of total touchdowns. Um, so it's good to see. And then on the defensive side, you only allowed 322 yards. And the big one, you only allowed 148 yards rushing. And that was 
what the Citadel relies on is a rushing attack. And you only allow 148. You allow more passing yards, 184. A lot of that coming from the touch 75-yard touchdown bomb um, for Fletcher to Trotter. So, um, but yeah, the Pretty much through the air was Hayden Johnson, only 44 yards. So that's that's good that we got it down um, to just that. And I think it's a what you could take from it is a morale booster. You have a win, win under your belt, even though it's a Citadel. You do have a win. You can take that O and throw it away. Now you're one of one, and you're going to go into, like you said, a uh, old big soft O in, in Monmouth that you've seen on multiple occasions. You kind of know what you're what you're going to get and we'll kind of preview here shortly like they have a lot of turnaround too from this team um a lot of this team is going to be new to to some of the older Campbells like Hodge Malik um who who has faced this Citadel this is going to be a different team that are going to they're going to face this time around yeah, we talked about it in the pregame show with Kevin Marshall from FCS Radio. Whoever started out fast was going to win that ball game, and that was definitely the case as Campbell was able to come out and score the first three touchdowns and then just take it away from there. Dylan, I feel like that's going to be the case again this weekend up in New Jersey when Campbell faces Monmouth. First uh, CAA road game, uh, you're going to be facing Monmouth, a team that you're familiar with but a team that has a new defensive coordinator, what are you going to get on that side of the ball? If you can come out hot, it's going to be Monmouth's opener as well. If you can come out, silence that crowd, and kind of get into your rhythm, get the juices flowing, it's going to make a big difference on Saturday in New Jersey. Let's preview the Monmouth game now. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Monmouth. They have a lot of talent, uh, a lot of speed, something that Coach Minner uh, touched on in the preseason is that whenever he looked at Monmouth and what they did whenever they made their first uh, trip into the CAA last season, they brought in a lot of transfers. They got a lot of speed so they could compete in this league. Campbell mirrored that this offseason whenever they brought in a lot of talent through their number one FCS recruiting class, through a lot of over 20 FBS transfers. You had the speed. Now you just have to be able to put it together. So Campbell saw the model that worked in Monmouth, and now Campbell is going to face Monmouth in their second year in the CAA and Campbell in its first. Dylan, talk about Monmouth and what we should look for on Saturday. Yeah, so they're uh, they're one and one the season. Uh, they played uh, at um, at uh, FAU. Um, no, FAU came to town. Uh, they lost to, uh, 42 to 20, um, FAU different team, uh, um, FBS school. So it's going to be a hard game, um, uh, for them, but they won at Townsend 42, 23. Uh, so CA, they went in and dominated. They averaged, uh, 399 yards per game. Uh, a lot of it is coming through the air with, uh, their grad, grad transfer uh marquez mckay from sacred heart um and it's how i remember it is it's pretty much like tony musket uh tony musket now at uva brought in same exact guy um their coach has been there for forever so he's going to bring in the exact same guy and and literally marquez mckay is a the tony musket mini me um 
very efficient. Uh, he has 486 yards this year, four touchdowns, one pick. So very, very efficient. Um, and he can, he can throw the ball. He's got very decent wide receivers. He's got three wide receivers to, uh, work with, um, for him. And he also has a rushing attack. Uh, Jaden Sheridan is going to be their lead rusher. Uh, he's got 211 yards this season, touchdown. Uh, but they got a, another guy that they brought in during, uh, versus Townsend, uh, Soa Natoa, um, who had three touchdowns against Townsend. So, uh, two headed monster there. Um, and they're, they're going to be good. They're always going to be good. Um, they're going to play tough. That offense is going to do really, really well, um, through the air, but also we got to be wary of, uh, that rushing attack that they have. And I think it's going to be the same way as it, uh, whoever starts fast is, um, and puts the other team in a hole. It's going to be different. And I mean, like you said, this team has so many transfers, uh, McCray from the Citadel, Jake Brown from Harvard, so many different, they, they dug deep into the, uh, transfer portal, grabbed their guys. And, um, and, and like coach Mayer said, um, their head coach, uh, plays this game with respect, um, plays this game hard and he plays this game with, with a style and he's going to stick to that style. And, um, there's going to be a lot, a lot of our new guys are got the face a different style than William, William, William and Mary, William and Mary was that QB out of the pocket who was able to throw the ball, run the ball. And, uh, Mark Reza McCray is going to be a totally completely different quarterback. He's going to sit there in the pocket and, um, fire off shots if he needs to. So I, I, this team is very, very interesting. Um, it sticks to that st- same style with, that we saw at the Big South. They took it over to CAA, and they've made it work. And first of all, Tony Musket is uh, first-team All-American for uh, QB name. He is now at Virginia. Um, they are not doing too hot this season. Musket. <laughs> um, do what? Oh, Musket. I forgot. Yeah, Tony Tony Musket. I mean, he was a very decent quarterback um at Monmouth and he was he was there. Uh they had before that they had Kenji Bahar uh went to the Ravens. Tony Musket came in after him, sat behind Kenji Bahar and waited for his turn. And so uh, their Monmouth's head coach said, Hey, we need to bring in our QB. Musket got the opportunity at UVA starting at UVA now. And so Mark Cray, they got from from Sacred Heart and placed him into this offense. And it's like nothing nothing has changed. Yep. Last week it was a huge running attack. This week it'll be a little more balanced. But as you touched on, their QB now is not very mobile. But as Mike Mentor mentioned, he can sling it. So if the Camels can get some pressure and get to him, then that can be a difference maker because he can't move around in the pocket a lot. But as Coach Menor alluded to, he has a quick release and he can get it out of there quick. So it'll be a great test for this defense this weekend to go against a more balanced attack and see how they stack up against another CEA opponent that, hey, isn't the number four team in the nation. So it's going to be a good litmus test for the Camels this weekend up in New Jersey, and we'll see how they do. Dylan, on the defensive side of the ball for the Hawks, uh, what do you see from them? Uh, it's going to be the CA defensive player of the week, Jake Brown. Um, he, he's going to be kind of leading that defense along with Ryan Morhan. Both of them have double digit tackles, Morhan with 18, Jake Brown with 15. 
Uh, he's got two TFLs, two sacks, all came last week against Townsend. Moran, 18 tackles, uh, one TFL. Uh, they also got a uh, Remy Johnson, eight tackles, two TFLs, one sack. So, um, and pretty much like our defense was last week, all they have a lot of guys with a lot of tackles that they can put in there, but it's going to be kind of led by the Brian Morhan, Jake Brown, who are going to kind of lead that defense. And it's always been the Monmouth way. They've had a couple guys who have been the leaders of their defense um, come in and they have a bunch of guys who are just ready to go um, corners. Uh, they do it in all facets of defense and they've always been like that ever since from the big South to now the CAA, they're just getting better. And um, it's like they didn't skip a beat. So um, we're at to be ready in all facets of the game um, uh, They're And they're going to have a tough challenge of, trying to stop a, a, a Hodge Malik. Uh, they kind of got that with FAU, uh, with Casey Thompson, um, the transfer from Nebraska, now at FAU. He's kind of a Hodge Malik type, but he'll normally throw it out of the pocket, but can scramble. Didn't do so well against that. So um, we'll see if Hodge Malik can kind of replicate uh, what Casey Thompson at FAU did and, and give this uh, defense a little trouble and um, put some – hands on hips um, late in the game and just kind of gash them and see what happens. Old Big South foes collide on Saturday at 1 o'clock as Campbell travels to Monmouth to take on the Hawks. You can catch that game on Flow Sports as well as all the other CAA football games this season. Dylan, let's talk about some of our other sports. Uh, We'll start with, with men's soccer and then I'll swing it over to you. They had a huge uh, tie uh, last Tuesday at UNCG. UNCG opened the season ranked in the top 25 as high as 15. Uh, they faced off against two Power 5 teams, uh, lost those opening two matches, but it's a great test for the Camels early. UNCG was able to score an early goal, but Campbell fought back in that game and was able to tie it up late on a cross that snuck through the keeper's legs, but no quit in that team. We've seen that, that all year. Uh, and then following that on Saturday, Campbell played at Drexel to open the C- to open CAA play. They dropped that contest uh, two to three. So Campbell's able to open up the CAA slate against Drexel, get that going. Unfortunately, they lose, but it's a long season and, you know, long ways to go. But, it, you know, you see with this team, there's a lot of fight and a lot of grit there. And that's something that you love to see, especially early, early in the season and get against a great team like UNCG. Uh, Dylan, you want to talk about women's soccer? Yeah, I, I think like you said, that transfers over to women's soccer as well. Grit. Um, they went up and had their trip to uh, New York to um, part of their CA um, opener and CA kind of lessened the travel. So they did um, a big New York trip. Uh, started out uh, on the 7th against Stony Brook. Uh, a gritty tie, just back and forth game. Um, it was just very tough on both sides. Um, and so a, a decent start, um, to their trip. And then they, uh, they, uh, lost one, uh, at Hofstra, uh, only giving up one goal, um, just grit in this team, uh, on the year, two wins, three ties, two losses. And so that just shows that, um, this team has grit and determination that they're not going to make games get out of hand. And, um, I think it's, 
as you get towards the season where you're going to need more grit and you're going to be probably in some situations where you don't expect it, I think this team will definitely show up and uh, it'll be uh, great to see um, what they got moving forward. But uh, if you want to touch on uh, women's volleyball this week, they had a, a lot of matches and some uh, an invitational. Yep, a lot of action for the ladies inside Gore Arena. Campbell was able to pick up their first win of the season with a 3-2 five-set win over North Carolina Central on Tuesday. They followed that up with the Fairfield Inn and Suites Dunn-Campbell Invitational. That is too long of a tournament name there. Uh, they were they opened it up uh, with a 3-1 a to loss to San Jose State. They followed that up uh, with a 3-1 to win over UTSA and closed it out, uh, dropping a, a close five-set match to Georgia Southern uh, to end that uh, tournament there. But still early in the season, we've seen this from this volleyball team led by head coach Greg Gore before, where it kind of takes a little bit to get everybody gelled together. You saw a lot of success in previous seasons, lost a lot of talent from those previous seasons. So, if you know, once you get everybody meshing a little bit, talking about the same thing with that Campbell defense on the football side, once you get everybody gelled together, that's what matters. And especially in a sport like volleyball, the only thing that matters is getting right and getting ready for conference play. And that'll open up soon, and we'll see how the ladies do there. Uh, let's jump over to our Pro Hump segment. Uh, let's just start by saying that yesterday we were recording this podcast on, well, maybe it was on Sunday, Campbell had four players on an MLB roster for the first time in program history. That is awesome. You had Zach Neto returning from rehab, Cedric Mullins with the Orioles, who the very next day hit a grand slam, the third of his career. Alan Winans jumped back up with the Braves. And then Ryan Thompson has found a new home with the Arizona Diamondbacks and has been great in relief for them ever since making the move from the Tampa Bay Rays. Dylan, just talk talk about that. When we started this podcast, it was in the heart of baseball season, and now it is just coming full circle. This program has been amazing, and just earlier this week, you had four guys from this program who were all on an MLB roster on the same day. Yeah, no, it's just crazy to see like that. That being the first time that's ever happened. Um, that's incredible. Um, it's good to see Zach Neto back. Um, I think on the rehab assignment with the, uh, Salt Lake, uh, Salt Lake bees, he hit two home runs that I'm pretty sure landed on this doorstep of Lundy Fetterman all the way from Utah. Um, monster, monster home run. So it's good to see him. And he got called back up to the, uh, squad along with, uh, Ben Joyce. So good to see him. Hopefully he'll kind of finish off the season really, really great. Um, get healthy during the off season, uh, probably gonna be a lot of changes with the angels. So, um, hopefully next season he'll be fully healthy and ready to go. And, uh, it's, it's gonna be fun to see him moving forward. Um, like you said, Brian Thompson, finding a new home with the Arizona diamondbacks. Um, hopefully they'll make a playoff push and we could see them, uh, in the playoffs come, uh, late September, October, and maybe November. Um, uh, Alan Wines, uh, would, I would hope uh, since he's getting a couple starts with the Braves and them having a lot of pitching injuries, he might make a playoff uh, squad as a um, just some depth um, in, in the bullpen or maybe getting a spot start if the Braves are up big. 
Um, but good to see him uh, get out there six and a third, six, six, two earned. And um, I'm, I'm going to give those two earned on the umpire watching that game. Uh, Should have never happened, but that's just my two cents on it. But he had eight Ks, so that's really good. And then, like you said, Cedric Mullins hitting that grand slam. Uh, good to see him. I know he's like Neto's been fighting injuries this year. Um, so good to see him back. And um, hopefully he'll be ready to go as the Orioles will probably be a menace to society in the playoffs. Uh, the best AL team. Uh, so hopefully we'll get to see him have some shiny moments um, in the MLB playoffs. And I mean, next year we could see more. We could probably see maybe five, six. Uh, we got Spencer Packard, um, Thomas Harrington. I know uh, Kay Kuehler, uh recently was part of um, the Augusta uh, minor league team. Uh, pitched a no-hitter, so off to a great start. Hopefully we'll be called up. Uh, maybe we'll ge- be called up uh, before the season ends, but hopefully he'll start up in double-A. So there's guys in the pipeline, and this number is going to grow. This will go to four, five, six, seven. So it's uh, good to see, and uh, hopefully we can get some uh, playoff moments from some Campbells before the season's over, and definitely looking forward to uh, 2024 with them. Yeah, for sure. We saw Ryan Thompson, who unexpectedly got dropped from the Rays, uh, but then the Diamondbacks, uh, Diamondbacks honestly got a steal by being able to pick him up. Over his last seven games, he has uh, 5.2 innings pitch, uh, one save, allowed just one hit, and has two strikeouts, and his whip is .18. So that's actually over his last five games. So he has been killing it ever since joining the D-backs. And if they can make a push, you can see like a couple years ago, he was on that race team whenever they were pitching in the World Series. And, you know, what a that's the biggest stage in baseball. You also have the Orioles making a push uh, with the Rays there and the ALE. So what an awesome time to be alive uh, if you're a Campbell baseball fan. And like you mentioned, a lot of guys move, making their way up in the minor leagues and Spencer Packard continues to rake, and we'll just see who is going to be the next guy. I mean, it started out, it was just Cedric Mullins. He had his little flash, and then he got sent back down the AAA, and then after that, I mean, he exploded. I mean, he's the entertainer. You see him every other week. He's making a diving catch in center field. He's all over the internet, and then you have Ryan Thompson, who has been a mainstay, kind of up and down with the Rays, and now he's found a new home, and then Zach Neto, who has been sensational, uh, this year when he has been healthy and he took the league by storm. And then obviously Alan Winans, who it's not a one hit wonder anymore. He has had multiple outings, multiple starts for the Braves. And that is a Braves team that is contending to win the World Series. So hopefully he can find a spot in the postseason on that roster and we can see them make that jump and have a lot of action for the Camels in the postseason. Dylan. Speaking of multiple guys in the league, talk about our former Camels on the football team. Yeah, we uh, we almost had the Julian Hill versus Brevin Allen uh, matchup week one. Uh, unfortunately, Julian, Julian Hill, uh, according to Mike Minner, uh, tweaked his ankle uh, in practice uh, last week. So he did make the trip to L.A., but uh, did not suit up, so... Uh, sad to see hopefully gets better because I think he's going to be great for that uh, Dolphins tight end room uh, that lost Mike Kosicki. So 
Um, I, he, he'll probably have some chances to get out there. And uh, it, it was it was funny to hear Mike Menner kind of in his voice. He, he was very happy for Brevin Allen. Brevin Allen uh, becoming the first camel to uh, to hit the NFL field in a regular season uh, was part of the special teams on the opening kickoff for the Chargers. So it's great to see him. He got actually got called up from the practice squad, uh, I think, on Thursday. Um as they were um, some guys getting injured that they had to put on their uh, injured list. So getting the call up and getting the, uh, the opening uh, duties on the kickoff. So it's great to see congrats to him. Um, and I just can't wait for more Brevin Allen versus Julian Hill. Um, and hopefully we can get some more camels here uh, next year, but it's, it's great to see that um, not just baseball, um, with Eric Griffin in the NBA and, and past couple seasons ago. And now it's uh, heading over to the NFL with Julian Hill and Bravin Allen uh, getting in there. We did see Greg Milhouse uh, a couple years ago, um, make it with the giants and unfortunately didn't get to get, didn't get to be with them for long, but it's great to see that um, the Campbells are shining in multiple different sports. Um, it was great to see Bravin Allen out there and, I, uh, I know he was really, really excited to be out there. So um, hopefully we see him more and hopefully we see him take some saps at uh, D tackle um, and make a difference for uh, that Chargers defense. Yep. The best way to build exposure and brand awareness for the athletic department is NCAA tournament wins and guys and ladies making it to the professional level and putting your university's name on the biggest stage and putting your name out there. And we have seen that over the past couple of years, and especially this year with all the guys on MLB rosters. And now we see it trickling over uh, into the NFL. And like we mentioned earlier, who's a matter of time and who's going to be next as Campbell continues to produce quality talent over a variety of sports. And Campbell is making a name for itself at this point in the MLB and the NFL. Dylan, what do we got going on this upcoming week? Men's soccer is playing right now as we record, but I'll let you touch on uh, what else is going on around campus and sports this week. Yeah, hopefully everybody is in the creek. Uh, they're hosting VMI uh, as as we're talking uh, right now. Uh, so hopefully that is the uh, good, good match um, down there in the creek. Uh, and then they'll uh, turn right around on the 16th and they have Hostra, um, Hostra, a great team, uh, men's and women's. So that's going to be a tough challenge for the camels, but it's going to be in the creek. So, uh, make sure you head down to, uh, head down to there. And, uh, if you're not there now, but head down there on the 16th, watch our men's take on, uh, take on a Hostra, uh, men's tennis. Uh, they will get their season started, uh, on the 15th. They got a tournament at UNC Greensboro, uh, the UNCG's, Fall Invitational starting on the 15th, running through the 17th. So wishing our men's tennis team uh, the best of luck as they head to Greensboro um, in their first tournament of the year. Um, Heading over to women's soccer, they have two home matches. So uh, get your soccer. That's for all the soccer lovers out there. Um, Plenty of matches going to be happening over at soccer field. Uh, They have Northeastern and Townsend, uh, two CAA uh, foes that are going to be tough challenges. So 
hopefully women's soccer can add to uh, add to their win column uh, with those games. And uh, we'll see how, see how it goes there. And then volleyball, they have their CAA opener um, starting on the 16th. Uh, they'll be traveling to Delaware and they got two matches on the 16th and 17th at Delaware. So um, right off the bat, you're going to be facing a tough challenge with Delaware at Delaware as your CAA opener. Welcome to the CAA women's volleyball um, as they host uh, Delaware. So uh, good luck to all the sports out there. Um, if you want some Campbell action, make sure you uh, head to the Creek um, and watch uh, when women and men's soccer. Lots of action going on in the Creek and it'll be an exciting one on Saturday at one o'clock as Campbell football heads up to New Jersey to take on Monmouth. Dylan, let's close it out. What are your predictions for the Camels on Saturday against the Hawks? I think this will be a Iowa versus Iowa State kind of game. I think it's going to be defenses are going to show out um, in this game. I think it's going to be a very in-the-trenches game. Bombas, great defense um, on their hands. I think this will be a 21-20 type of game. Um, I think the Camels will pull it out late uh, with some Hodge Malik magic. Uh, either uh, on the ground or in the air. I think we'll pull it out, get our first CAA win. Uh, but I think uh, it will show that we're going to gain a lot of respect amongst these uh, CAA opponents and, and show them that we're we're here to play. And um, and I think it's going to be gritty. You're going to see a, a lot of defense. Uh, and and Coach Miller said on the podcast, like this defense is at fifty five percent which is scary to think about. If this defense is at 55%, I'd love to see it next week um, where they're going to be at and the weeks after and when they ha- finally hit like 100%, what is that defense going to look like? If the defense was at 55% against the Citadel and did what they did against the Citadel, I'd love to see what they do against uh, Mammoth and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll show out and surprise some people. Dylan, I, I kind of feel a little bit differently than you. I think the offenses are going to show out, and it's going to be a back-and-forth affair. But we'll see on Saturday. I do have the Camels uh, pulling out a close one, and I do believe that will be Campbell's first ever win against Monmouth if the Camels are able to pull it out on Saturday up in New Jersey. It'll be a fun one, and we're all looking forward to it. Uh, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Dylan, thanks for hopping on for another week, and hopefully we're talking about another a great Campbell win when we talk to you next week. Everybody have a great week and go Camels. Pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it. And we want to enjoy that and embrace it and, and fight through the struggle. Of it.